Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm really excited for you to meet our guest today, Patricia Van Esch. She's an amazing, multi-passionate entrepreneur with three kids, two of whom are twins. I always admire people with twins. One of the reasons, among many, that I love having her on this show is actually her kids are older. So One of them is in college and two are out of college. And I find this perspective is so helpful for me to see at least. So I'm hoping it is for you. If you're really feeling like you're in the thick of things right now, um, I don't know. I have two in middle school and one who's still in elementary school and it's busy and intense and there's lots of driving and lots of meal making. And it really does feel some days like a very big juggling act. And it was just really helpful for me to hear just the love and the kindness and the excitement of Patricia remembering and then hearing what her life is like now. Because I know everybody tells us that cliche, take advantage of now because it goes by in such a flash. But I feel like when we're in it, we don't always feel like that's the way it's going. So that's one of the reasons that I'm really, really excited about everything that Patricia and I talk about today, and I hope that you are too. I also have two things I wanted to share about this episode. So one is that I batch things, and I just was going to give this to you as a little lesson because I'm realizing what a difference a day makes. So as I'm recording this, actually, I'm in Arizona. I arrived last night. I'm here for a conference for a company that I partner with who makes this amazing, amazing um, capsule, which is filled with fruits and veggies. You've probably heard me talk about it before, but if you haven't, go check out everything I have to say about it over on the Plan Simple Meals website. Maybe I'll do an episode about it soon. Um, But anyway, I'm in Arizona. It's 98 degrees. And when we were recording this podcast, because I batched things, it was about a month ago and it was snowing in Massachusetts and we were about to have this big snowstorm. And so we talk about that. And it just got me thinking like really, truly what a difference a day makes, how different life can be. Um, But I also just wanted to point out that batching strategy because that's definitely something I use. So I don't know if it might serve you, but batching has really helped me as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as somebody who wants to put really good food on the table. And all that means is that instead of every day, you know, going through the day and doing breakfast at breakfast and lunch at lunch and dinner at dinner and then working for stray hours in between sort of with this long to-do list and no plan, I batch activities together. So in the morning, as I'm making breakfast and packing lunches for the kids, I move dinner forward like a lot. Um, I don't grocery shop every day. I batch that on the weekend and I try to get as much as I can. In fact, every month I batch the pantry stuff that I can get and I either go to Costco, um, Trader Joe's a lot. I order online. So like dried beans, um, certain powders that I use in smoothies, um, dried beans I get from a, uh, you know, from farms that actually have fresh beans. Tierra Farms is this place I get nuts and seeds, which I love. Um, Amazon has some of the things that I need. So every month I really batch that. And I find that in batching things, um, which I also clearly do with the podcast, I get a lot more done. And so I just wanted to share that little tip before we dive into this episode. And then the second thing is I have a little favor for you. So I am trying to get some amazing guests on the Plan Simple podcast. I feel like we have had so many amazing guests. I love everyone who's been on here. I love that every time we have an episode, I learn something new. And I'm really trying to turn up the dial and get some people who you've been wanting to hear from from a long 
for a long time. I get a lot of questions that I'd love to be able to ask some experts the answers. And sometimes people really need podcast statistics, which means that they want me to have lots of um, subscribers and they want to see that a lot of people have reviewed the podcast. So my ask for you today is that if you're on iTunes, if you could go rate and review the podcast after you listen to this episode or right now, if you're a longtime listener, just get it done. And that would really help us get those people on here who you're going to be totally psyched to hear from. So I think that's what I've got. You're going to love hearing from Patricia. She really, truly is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She's an artist, which is how I met her. She's an illustrator. She recently got certified to be a Pilates instructor. And it's really, I think, fascinating to hear how she got to where she got today, all the steps that she took. And it's inspiring as a mom to see how life can change so drastically and how you can land at what you really feel like you're called to do. And eat well while you do it, because we do talk food in this episode. So without further ado, let's get Patricia on the show. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast, Patricia. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. I'm really excited for this sort of beginning of a new season of the Plan Simple Podcast, because we used to talk all food, but it's really exciting to sort of open it up. And I know we're going to talk food, but also just talk lifestyle. So I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you. So let's dive in. I feel like there's so many directions to go with you. (laughs) Um, But let's go back a little. So I love having, I love that you're here because I know that you have kids who are out of the house. And so I love hearing sort of stories of, of what worked when, when your kids were in the house, now that you have some perspective um, and you see what they're coming home for more of. So let's go back a little bit. I, your kids, one's in college and two are well in their working way. Is that true? True. My daughter is um, 18 and yep. in college in California. Yep. My, my twins are 25. They just turned 25 in February. Wow. And you look fantastic. So we'll get into Pilates later, but maybe that's part of the secret. Thank <laughs> I you. would have never guessed that about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what were some of the gems um, as a mom, like a mom of three? I'm guessing that's twins. That's amazing. Um, so, I know food was important to you. So take us through a little bit what that looked like as you were raising them. So I guess food, food has always been fascinating to me, um, partly because of my, my heritage and my family. Um, but when my twins were born, my mother came to visit me to help. Mm-hmm. And she gave me the best tip of my life was know what you're going to have for dinner in the morning. Oh my God, that's my favorite tip. I use that all the time. Okay. I love it. I, I, I must be channeling your mother. You know, it really makes sense because when you become, you come upon that bewitching hour in the evening and you've run out of patience and you have so many things to do, it just was one less thing to do. So I actually made a sauce yesterday morning um, early and my husband was coming back from a, a trip away and he he said, oh, you're cooking dinner already? And I said, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> so it really did. It's just kind of nice to leave something that you know that when you come back home, it's sort of like a made bed. It just, yeah. it's such a nice thing. I love that. And even if you don't make it, I find just knowing. I, I think like so much of that bewitching hour is just our ambigu- ambiguity at that time of day, you know, mm-hmm. when like we get frazzled and then that just is contagious. Yes. It's just, you know, it's planning. And then a lot of things you can do, you know, batch cooking ahead of time, or like you said, just know, know what you're going to have. Yep. And have, did you, I know now you're like a very multi-passionate entrepreneur and you wear many hats, the latest being that you're getting certified to be a Pilates instructor, but you're also an amazing Mm -hmm. artist. So have you always, while you were raising your kids, were you always that multi-passionate? Yes. Um, so I left um, a very um, big job mm-hmm. um, because I really wanted to be there for when my kids fell and lost their tooth and did all these things. So I, I worked until my boys were five. And then 
I just had this feeling that I, I had this pull, this tug that I wanted to be the full-time mom. And, um, and my husband got on board with it and he said, yeah, just do what you want to do. So I just said basically yes to anything that came my way. I was doing some decorative painting at the time, which was faux finishing. It was very big in fashion. And um, so I would take jobs. I would load up my car with all of the equipment that I needed. And then I would go paint a mural on a ceiling for a nursery, or I would, um, let's say, marbleize a bookshelf, you know, the back. Oh my God, that's amazing. So I would, it was physical and it was great. But as my kids grew, I, it became maybe it kind of went out of fashion. And so I had developed a web website and on the website I did have at the time, you know, faux finishing or decorative painting. And then I had my illustration and my illustration just started to, that was where I was making more money. And so a friend said to me, why don't you just let the, that part go and just do the focus on the illustration. So that's, that's kind of that story. And then last May, um, I took my first Pilates class. Mm-hmm. And um, if you asked me last May, I think you'd be a great teacher, <laughs> which is what one of the teachers said to me. I said, hmm, I think I would really like that. Where do I sign up? So that's my journey with that. And it was came to me at a perfect time with my daughter leaving to go off to college. So um, I could you know, focus and give that um, the training the amount of time that I needed. That's awesome. And so going back, because I know this was, you know, not yesterday, but um, to explain a little bit the, the balance, because um, I know, like, I don't know, just you seem like you're very um, passionate about your work, but passionate about your being with your kids and passionate about the food. So how does all that, how did all that work together in a given day? I think um, you have to have really good systems in place. And I, I think that it's, it's not always about having a full cupboard because sometimes when you have an empty cupboard, you can be more creative as well. Or like, let's say we have a snowstorm that's coming tonight. I know. I just heard about that. I'm bummed. I, <laughs> I just came from the supermarket and, you know, everybody and their mother was there. Um, and, so I, I think it's, it's kind of fun, like when you're a mom, if you kind of relate it to a snowstorm and how can you be creative and, oh, I need to get, you know, cocoa to make hot chocolate or I need to, I need extra marshmallows or, oh, how can I make those with something else? So I think, you know, it's, it's a balance, but it's also being creative and then showing your children how to be creative and independent. Yeah. Oh, I love that. The independent part. So do you feel like you instilled that in your kids that they could go off and yeah, put I, together stuff as well? There, when they were, this was, this is a true story. Um, I, we had a snowstorm and my groceries actually, I can walk there. It's about, it's about a mile away. Um, so I took a backpack and I trudged in the middle of the snowstorm and I got eggs, a chicken, bacon, and a bag of potatoes and milk. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you can think of all the things that, but it was really good. And I fed all these boys that were at my house and, you know, they were so happy. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be complicated, you know, you right. can really simple meals. Um, and I don't know, my mother would always say, you know, the way to a, the way to a heart is through this is via the stomach. So I might agree with her. <laughs> so did you grow up? I, I know. So you are one of how many children again? I myself am one of seven. Yeah. And my father was one of nine. Yeah. Wow. So that was a lot of um, stomachs for your, mo- <laughs> your mother to feed. Yeah. And at a the lot time, of hearts to fill. Um, my mother, at the time, Julia Childs had come out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's my mom with seven children. She doesn't have time to make cocoa vin, or does she really care? Mm-hmm. So she, we sort of were, I'm not saying we were raised on it because of course not, but we, she would buy things like Tang and Hamburger Helper and things like that. And we cringe because it's so, it's, I'm like at the second half of my family. Mm-hmm. There's kind of an age gap. And so my older sisters and brothers, 
you know, we talk about food and their experience with food is very different because my mom, I think at the end, she was just fed up. She just didn't want to be in the kitchen. She was off taking pottery classes and playing tennis. And it's not that it was bad food. It was just different. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and it was the time, right? Because I, I feel like that's what we're correcting a little bit right now. It's interesting. I just had a group of women over to the house um, last Sunday, and we were just you know, talking about food and how to get our kids to eat more veggies and all that kind of stuff, and <laughs> the stuff I'm obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And what came up for almost everybody was just how much time it takes, how that can feel like such just the chore you don't want to do on some days and then how that really comes back to feel yucky when like a child, you know, throws the food or says it's disgusting or, you know, says no, whatever, you know, depending on what age they're at. Mm-hmm. And, but what's interesting to me is that it's, I think it's just cause we're having to correct. Like we know that all that stuff that came out when our parents were parenting didn't serve us. Right. Cause we're dealing with, so many more diseases and whatnot from the fast food mentality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. But we like somehow want it to still be quick. So like I always like tell everyone I get so annoyed by all those, you know, even healthy magazines that say meals in five minutes. Cause I think maybe one of the most important things we have to teach our kids is that good food sometimes takes, can be simple. It can be easy, mm-hmm. but sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. You know, to make I- it from scratch. It's funny because my kids sort of call me the, I'm not a short order cook, but I can, I can whip it together pretty, pretty quickly yeah. and I make it seem like it, it was cooking for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh huh. I like that. That's good. Well, so what's one of your tricks? Tell us a trick. Um, well, my son bought me a slow cooker, so Ooh. that's a really good tool mm-hmm. uh, because you can plan again in the morning and then you know, have it simmering or stewing all day long. Um, things like chili, um, which is yep. great. Um, or braised beef shanks. Yeah. And, um, you know, mashed potatoes, those are pretty simple to do. Yep. So or like any veggie soup or stew. Yes. And then yeah. always having, you know, always having like tons of greens on hand. My yeah. daughter, she's like I said, she's coming home today and she asked for, can I have those Brussels sprouts that you make? And yeah. I, it just makes me so happy that she, yeah. you know, she's creating the good foods that she, you know, she kind of was raised on. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, spe- veggies can be super simple, right? And they don't take, I mean, usually if they take too much time, they don't taste as good. Because <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. they taste best raw and, you know, shaved or whatever. Right. Sometimes the cutting, I, chopping takes time. Yeah, I have a juicer as well. So I mm-hmm. do a lot of um, veggie juices. and. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible, the taste. I mean, you can put ginger and yeah. um, different spices in there. But yeah, so I do a lot of green juices. Yum. I love mm-hmm. uh, Green juices actually are what my story of eight years ago, which everyone listening has heard thousands of times. But uh-huh. you probably mm-hmm. haven't started with juice eight years ago. That was sort of my big aha of that food could make me feel good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I love my juice. I have to say these days I, I blend more just because – I've got three who are still, you know, under 13 and uh-huh. um, it, it's blending seems to be fast, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I love that. And, and it's true. It's, it's amazing when your kids come home and want the good stuff, which I just think happens from us modeling that, mm-hmm. you know, and doing yeah, things think, like juicing and blending and cooking. Right. And I think one of the key things is, um, is get, letting them choose and mm. give them the choices, um, you know, sort of inviting them to try something, but then ultimately giving them the choice. Right. So tell me more about that. So let's say for Thanksgiving, um, we had my sister-in-law and brother-in-law come from Paris. And so my brother-in-law is French. My sister-in-law, you know, lives in, they live in Paris, but they came. And so um, they had arrived very late on the Wednesday night before. and. Thursday, I was up early doing all the preps, you know, stuff for the Thanksgiving meal. And we took a big walk before um, I commanded everybody, we're going to go for a walk. And it was great. We went for this great walk and we came back, worked up an appetite. And then I made them, you know, the classic American breakfast of bacon, eggs, and, but I had green juice on the side. 
Mm. So, you know, you can work around it. I mean, um, and, and it was amazing how they were like, oh, I want some more of that green juice. Can you make that again? Yeah. Well, um, the, the amazing thing about vegetables, just like any food, I think, is that mm-hmm. you always want more of what you're fueling your body with. And I think we forget that with the good stuff. We always think about it with sugar and caffeine and, you know, always craving more of the bad stuff, but it also works the other way around. Right. And I had made in my slow cooker um, a couple of days before they arrived, um, I guess in, in France, it's very, they call it a compote. Mm-hmm. And so it's like an applesauce. And I just peeled um, Granny Smith apples, um, some cinnamon, and wa- I think I used a little bit of water and some ginger and a little bit of brown sugar. And I let it cook and it was, oh, we had that with the breakfast and it was like so good. Yeah. All right. So I can tell by how you're talking about food. And it's funny because I wasn't sure this talk was going to be all about food, but mm-hmm. that you're a person of um, beautiful details. Is that true? Yes, I so, am. So mm-hmm. let's, let's talk a little bit about that because I think that that mindset of caring about the little details can actually really help, um, you know, friends, children want you know, to eat better or want to have a balanced life or want to exercise, you know what I mean? To exercise more. So will you just reflect a little bit on that? Um, Food or not food, but. Yeah, I think, um, well, I hate to go back always to Pilates, but Mm -hmm. I've been training and learning so much. Um, it, It truly is all about the details because when I have to give instructions to clients or students on how you know, where I'm taking them with a particular exercise. It's sort of the same thing in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you're just going to, I mean, you can, you can be creative and sort of ad lib a menu for dinner, but I've had, I mean, some of the most amazing meals are from family recipes. So I think, you know, a recipe gives you the right details, gives you the proportions, gives you the right I mean, how many times have you made something and maybe you didn't follow the recipe and you're like, hmm, something's missing. Mm. So I think, you know, having, having a plan, having a recipe, um, one of my, I grabbed a couple of books because, you know, in anticipation of, you know, sharing them, (laughs) um, is one is, um, plenty more. I don't know if you're familiar Mm. with Otto Lenghi. Yes, I am. Yeah. So it's, this one is, you know, all about vibrant vegetables. And Mm -hmm. uh, my husband was actually traveling and I was invited to go to this um, potluck in the neighborhood. And the last thing I wanted to do was go to the grocery store because I felt like, oh, he's going to be away. So I don't really have to worry. So So I looked in my pantry when I had sweet potatoes and um, the recipe, it was roasted sweet potatoes with bitters angostura bitters that i had Interesting. um you know it's the little that little cocktail that goes into yeah. old-fashioned yeah um and cardamom wow and oh my gosh i would not have thought to put all of that together but i used what i had and i had this great recipe that happened to correlate to what i had um, yeah so and that's just a detail and it's mm-hmm. like so important <laughs> Right. And um, I had just come this morning from assisting uh, in a couple of Pilates classes. And um, it's amazing when, when somebody doesn't understand the exercise, that it's sort of like the same thing. Like you, you look at a recipe and you're like, that and that? How could that, you know? Mm. But then all of a sudden, it, you have to just trust that, you know, this has been tested. Somebody took it for a test drive and they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it's, it's the details. Yeah. Okay. So I want to get actually into creativity and scheduling a little bit, but before I get into that, I have to ask you as a Pilates instructor for any of us stressed out that our tummies are never going to be pre baby, even years after, is that true? Or is it possible to change it? It, I'm working on that myself as well. Um, and I think, you know, I have three wonderful children and, but you know, I, I think that Pilates definitely, um, 
you can work, you know, it's all about engaging your core. Yeah. And it is a total body workout. So it's, it's mind body. Yeah. Um, so it's so many benefits. Um, the one area that I had no idea that when I signed up, it was the rehabilitative, rehabilitative side of Pilates. So, you know, we have, we all have issues and life things happen and, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, but I would say the majority of Pilates people, uh, they come to it because they had an injury or it was right. Or they were looking to, it's not just about your body, the way it looks, but it's yeah. how it feels. And I always say, look how you feel. Yes. I love that. Cause mm-hmm. our bodies change. And, but if you don't feel good, I mean, that's been my big lesson over the past eight years. If you don't feel good, you don't feel like you look good. Right. It, yeah, well, I love. And I think as a society, we've become much more sedentary. And now we have this forward head thing happening yep. with all of our, you know, devices. Um, and oh, right. With the neck. With the neck. And, but I do think that, you know, when you look back at paleo days and they were going out hunting and gathering, they had to work really hard and they were you know, they were really physically active. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm doing 15 hours of Pilates a week. Mm. That's with my training. And if you asked me, like I said, last year, I wouldn't have imagined it. And I, because I, I'm moving more, I'm also making better choices with my food. Yes. Um, so. I think that's so, so true. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise it feels, it feels like a waste, but I just feel like both those energies speed each other as you eat better, you want to move more. Yeah. It's that 80, 20 rule. I mean, 20% exercise and then 80% nutrition. So mm. if you're doing the opposite and you're not look, paying attention to how you're nourishing your body. Oh yes. Then, it, the, then you don't reap the benefits. Absolutely. It's more stressful. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, interesting story actually is my, Mom, who was like very mobile tennis player, actually was playing tennis this summer and fell and shattered her hip. And she's been through physical therapy. She had to get surgery to put it back together. She's been through physical therapy. But the thing in the end that's really helping her is Pilates. So that's what what she's found to sort of get herself back because everything else sort of had its limit. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's um, it's it's a you know very transformative method, um, not just like you know not just for your physical um, body, but for your your mental. Yeah, so. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Pilates fifteen hours a week. We didn't even <laughs> mention the fact that you write for your father's, your late father's business, which mm-hmm. is involves food that you write up, keep his blog. Yes. And then you're making these amazing illustrations. And I know your kids are out of the house, but it sounds like they're still around. And mm-hmm. so how, how do you decide what you're making space for when I guess? And I, I think I'm most interested in finding the in space in the busyness for the creativity part. So how, how do you carve out that time? Um, I think it's, it's just part of my life. It's part of my daily life. It's just, it's what I do. Mm. So, I mean, I, I think probably a lot is um, the inspiration around me mm-hmm. and then just trusting my gut. Mm. And um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's never going to be balanced perfectly, but um I think if you schedule it out and you plan it, then it can happen. Can you always sit down and paint when you, when you've created space? Like, does it, does it always flow? Um, It doesn't flow sometimes when there's a deadline nipping at my heels Um, (laughs) or, and the same thing goes back to, you know, if you're, you're cooking and, and you, you know, you've got to get it out, you know, at a certain time. Yeah. If you're having company, um, and you want to take a bath and dress up before they come, you, you can't, you have to plan it out. Right. Right. So, yeah, I think, and sometimes, you know, it's, I have to say we, we have had, we have some pretty good, pretty good laughs about some meals that we've had that didn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny how those, those meals are memorable too. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, my husband was in charge of cooking one and this was involved in another snowstorm incident. And I don't think of veal going with any sort of Asian, <laughs> but um, he did veal with this simply Asian noodles dish thing. And we were like, what? But, you know, so we, we just laugh about it all the time because I said, well, we'll make simply Asian and veal. <laughs> that's awesome and it's funny because those meals are memorable right even the disasters are memorable and when we're hungry we eat them yeah so I love that um all right well tell everyone a little bit about how they can get a hold of you I'm thinking did we touch on everything that we wanted to touch on is there any thoughts that you want to add um yeah I think we touched on everything um if anybody wants to reach out to me, um, I have a website and it is pvedesign.com. And we'll and, put that in the show notes. Yeah. And once I'm certified, I'm going to be um, having a web designer developer um, create a Pilates um, website for me. Very cool. I'm yeah. excited for that. I mm-hmm. hope you do stuff virtually so we can, those of us not in your state can benefit <laughs> definitely definitely do you um, do the machines pilates or do you do mat um so i'm i've been training in all so the beginning is the mat and then the yep. reformer the wonder chair um it's called the exo chair the um springboard yep. and we are on the balanced body reformer which was designed by ellie herman hmm. and um we do have a cadillac um, at the um, studio at Club Pilates. Interesting. And that is a wonderful, wonderful. Where, where are you? Are you in Connecticut? So I am in Ardsley, New York. Okay. Um, but the Club Pilates that I've been training with, they have over 300 now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So they're all over the place. So they're we can all, all go over. find them. I love yeah, that. You're in Connecticut? I'm in, um, I'm in Boston. Oh, you're in Boston. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have, there are many of them. So it's, it's great. I mean, it's really, I have to try it again. I admit I'm a bit of a hot yoga addict. Yeah. (laughs) So usually when I'm going out to classes, that's what I'm going to find. Well, that's kind of what started my journey because I have a yoga teacher that I practice with and I didn't want to become certified in yoga because I felt like that's her thing. Mm. So this seemed natural to me. And actually, um, last year, part of this journey is I went to a, um, a workshop that was at Eileen Fisher in Irvington. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman by the name of Gina Barnett who gave a workshop on finding your voice. Mm. And the one thing I love about it is, you know, there are no two yoga teachers really alike. It is the same method, the same practice. Right. But, you know, sometimes you can go to a yoga teacher and you just, you can connect with their voice. Yes. And I connect with different voices at different times. Like, cause I go to yoga so much. Mm-hmm. Like I know that there's one who I want to go to when I need to like really work out and another one when I need to be quiet, you know, mm-hmm. like I feel like there's different or when I really need to tune into my motherhood, I go to that teacher. Yeah. So it's, it's the same in Pilates as well. Oh, interesting. Um, but this woman, um, Gina Barnett, she trains people that are going to give TED talks. Ah. As many of them are looking in a, in a, um, it could be a, um, what do you call that thing? The scientific microscope. Yep. And, and they don't really, um, engage with other people. So she corrects things for them so that they can find that voice and deliver I love that. that talk, which is really cool because if you notice the people that give the Ted talks, they sort of, it's not that you can see that they've been trained, but they definitely found how to deliver their message. Yes. This is true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, I trained in giving a TED talk all last year, and it's way yeah. different than a rambling talk. <laughs> right. Oh, and for the, sure. The last thing I, I just wanted to share um, mm. I had a coaster. I can't remember where I got it. Um, anyway, I think it was in, maybe in Europe. And it was one of those, um, you know, the do not signs. You know, it has mm-hmm. like a circle with a slash through it. Mm-hmm. And it was over. Uh, a cell phone you know it was like mm. a graphic image so one of my friends we came up with this no toys at the table and I mm. think it's really important even if you're meeting a friend for a coffee or I think it's a really important rule to follow I 
I think mealtime is a sacred time. And I agree. It's a time to have chats with your family about how was your day and what was good about it and what was bad. And, and I think if you're, I mean, I have a, a very good friend, love her, but it's so aggravating to get together and she's on her phone. I would say 90% of the time. Yes. So. Yeah. I th- especially at the family dinner table as well. It's funny because my kids have gone to a Waldorf school. So I got very spoiled with, there was a lot of rules around no technology. So I didn't have, we didn't have to deal with that. But now as they're getting older, they've, you know, two of them now have cell phones Mm -hmm. and we just, you know, we have a basket that they go into at that time. They're sort of done Mm -hmm. for the night. But um, yeah, it's funny though, because then I have to catch myself, right? Because I feel like my work is always going. So I'm like, all right, I just made them put it in a basket. I got to do it too. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's important. I do. Really important. I, I've also been studying a lot about um, energy pathways, mm-hmm. and um, there's this exercise that you can do. It's called um, EFT. You can actually look it up if you'd like. I love um, that. And it's it's about tapping, mm-hmm. and it um, it's funny because I think. So much of you kept you use the word balance. I think sometimes we have to know what to let go of. So letting go of the toys or letting go of you know certain expectations, like, well, this is what we're gonna have, and nobody's gonna get a separate, you know, special meal, happy meal. This is what we're eating. <laughs> and I hear, you know, I hear some moms they they are still creating certain meals for certain kids, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. But anyway, back to this, this um, tapping or this EFT, um, it, it helps you to focus on what emotion is that you need to let go of. So Got if it. it's anger, if it's, and I do think sometimes if we choose the wrong foods, it's because we've had some sort of an emotion that yes. we need to um, let go of. And so there are 10 points um, that you tap and like I said, you can look it up, but it's, it's so amazing because what you do is you, you, you say the negative emotion, you call it out. And then you, as you're saying it, you're tapping on these 10 meridians. And the last is that you end with, I deeply, profoundly love and accept myself. And I think that there's no way you can be whatever whatever you're trying to do, you have to put so much love into it. And I think when you look at any of the great chefs of the world or great artists, there's so much passion and, um, and it does require a deep love. Yeah. And sometimes I think it requires a lot, like what I never understood was that, um, I never understood the impact of the food before I got into all this eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's funny because people are like, you just love to cook. So that's why it's easy for you. Uh-huh. But I don't actually love to cook. I love to feel really good. So I've made cooking an enjoyable experience because I've realized that what I eat can make me feel really good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's so many different pathways in because I've also met people who love to be in the kitchen. It's the most relaxing thing ever because, you know, I'm guessing they had some sort of experience that led them to that, <laughs> you know, like a mother who loved to cook or a grandmother who loved to cook. Um, so so I, fi- I feel like there's a way to the joy behind it for everybody. Right. I do think also it's funny because um, I do think cooking in some ways requires a little bit of an old soul. I don't know why. I just feel like sometimes because I, I can connect my grandmother, my dad's mom. She, um, like I said, she had nine children and she would have us over for these Sunday dinners. And she was cooking like the Kentucky fried, you know, the fried chicken. I'm from Kentucky. I mean, she made the authentic, you know, I have her cast iron skillet actually. Um, and then she would make, you know, these beautiful um, green beans and her mashed potatoes. She would make like a volcano with, she would sprinkle paprika and butter on the top. And I just think that it, it the stories coming from connections with food. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They just, 
somehow it just seems like I don't know that you can really be a good cook without having some sort of history or repertoire or some sort of nostalgia about the olfactory sense of food. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's interesting. Or uh, in some generation, I feel like maybe you can learn about it even if you didn't experience it. <laughs> right. Um, but I love that. So, and it's funny because my final question is always tell us about a meal that had a big impact on you either because of the food, the company, or some aha you had. Would your grandmother's chicken be that story, or do you have a, another one? I think my, I mean, we love Thanksgiving, and mm -hmm. I just think it's such a wonderful holiday and gathering. Um, and not that it's all about the food, but in a way it is. Um, so I do parsnip puree, puree parsnip, mm -hmm. and it's just delicious, and people they wonder, they're like, what is that? Is that mashed potatoes? No. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a little bit of lemon in it, which is really good, and heavy cream, which I don't have often. But, um, but I think, you know, we've kind of made it our own. We do one turkey in the oven. We do another one on the grill. Mm. And um, I don't know. I just think we, we've sort of owned Thanksgiving, and we invite friends and family and um, – you know, I just, I, I have a binder with recipes and ideas that I can go to. Oh, oh, I did this last year. Oh, that was different from the year before. Yeah. Um, but I like to put things in binders. Um, I love binders. Thank you. Binders yeah. are great. And, oh, one last um, book, too, that I, <laughs> that I grabbed in anticipation is a book that a, a client and friend actually gave to me, and it's called Mad Hungry. Hmm, I don't know that one. Um, it's by Lucinda Scala Quinn, and it's it's Mad Hungry Feeding Men and Boys Strategy, oh. Recipe Strategies and Survival Techniques on Bringing Back the Family Meal. And I'll just open it up to one page, and I've got spinach feta pocket pies. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's um, cool. It's it's kind of all comfort food, but um, yeah. But since I, you know, started my, my feeding journey of raising my sons, um, I guess she knew that was going to be an apropos book for me. Yeah, I love that. And, it's, um, and I'm always surprised, actually, that my son is, the, is very open to all the healthy food stuff I'm doing, right. um, especially as he's, you know, coming into his teen years and, mm -hmm. or in his teen years. And, yeah, it's, you know, he loves the green juice, <laughs> uh -huh. which I love. Well, it's, it's crazy. My son was here the other day and I actually had cooked some things and brought it to him. And then he was long story short, but anyway, he started, we started this conversation. It was about food and he brought up Anthony Bourdain mm. and how Anthony Bourdain wrote, it was, I believe some article it might have been for the New York times and he got a six figure contract right away. And he, I had no idea about this, but he apparently was a heroin addict. Oh, wow. And, and I'm just thinking, wow, I would not have known that, you know, and here was my son who was telling me this snippet of information, but I also love his, um, his approach to food. Oh, interesting. I have to look that up. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I feel like we covered a lot of territory, a lot of great strategies for everyone. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. And good luck with your planner. Oh, thank you. All right, you guys, I hope that you loved that episode. Um, Patricia, was just when I did that interview, it was such a calming episode to do. So at the end of every episode, we talk doable changes because I want you to actually take action from your inspiration, the things that you heard Patricia share. So every episode, I pick out three things that I think we could all take action on, but I do want to note that I always recommend you do one thing at a time. We teach a lot and talk a lot over on PlanSimpleMeals.com about one doable change, and it's no different here. But every Sunday, I pick one doable change to focus on for the week. I figure out different ways I could do that thing, how I could schedule it into my already busy calendar, 
and how I could ask for support on it, whatever it happens to be. And this is how I created a smoothie habit, how I drink eight glasses of water a day, how I got my kids to love salad. All of these were little experiments that took a week. They were doable changes, doable experiments that I just focus on for a week and then they became part of our life. So that's how I would love you to look at these changes as well. So number one that Patricia shared was know what you're going to have for dinner in the morning. Patricia got this tip from her mother and it is one that I actually share pretty often. Simply knowing what you will have for dinner in the morning takes a lot of fretting and uncertainty out of your day. It's really shocking if you were to time track how much you worry about what's for dinner in a day, you'd be shocked how much time that takes. Um, I, it was quoted by a study that sometimes people worry close to an hour to two hours a day or not even worry, just think about what's for dinner, change their mind about what's for dinner. So just knowing what's for dinner every morning makes the whole thing so much easier. And plus, when you know the plan, you can move food forward throughout the day. So knowing what's for dinner in the morning is how I do that, how I batch in the morning and really get stuff done so that when I'm coming home to cook dinner, maybe the rice is cooked, maybe the onions chopped, maybe everything's just sitting on the counter, but I'm pretty clear about what needs to happen in that moment. And when I walk in the door or walk into the kitchen at 530 to make dinner, my mind isn't at its clearest for sure. It's always been a busy day. Maybe the kids are around me um, and knowing what is for dinner is huge. So that's definitely worth playing with for a week. Number two, no toys at the table. Dinner is sacred. It is a sacred time to connect with your family, to talk about what was good and what was bad in a day. You find, I find, that I get more info, more intel at the dinner table than any other place. You know, more than the car, more than lying in bed. The dinner table really is sacred in this way. You can't do that. You can't have those sacred conversations when people are plugged into their technology. Create a basket for phones that's one way to do it. That's what we do, actually. Or another system so that you can focus on your family at a meal. You can even ask guests to follow this ritual. So when your mother comes, uh, when a friend comes, have everybody follow this. And it's interesting because we don't even do so much tech in our house. My kids have been part of this school system that didn't have tech. And it's, you know, it, this year actually, it's really sort of creeped in because I have two middle schoolers and they actually use it for school and they need phones and they're getting home by themselves and all that kind of stuff. But I find that the person who breaks the rule the most is me because we'll be having a conversation and some question will come up and it's like, how do we get the answer to that? And we all think Google and I'll pull out my phone and there I am with this toy at the table. So I really find that leading by example is helpful. And when we can really get the phones away from the table, so my the way that I do that is have everything in a different room. If it's anywhere near me, the second somebody asks how to say something in Spanish, I whip out my phone. If not, we figure it out. We joke about it. And maybe we don't know the answer till after dinner. And it's shocking that we don't know that this is how life might be. But... We always want that instant answer, but if we don't need it at the dinner table, I promise you it makes a big, big difference. So number one, know what you're going to have for dinner in the morning. Number two, no toys or cell phones at the table. Number three, keep binders of food ideas. So I love this one. I'm a big binder person. I love binders and I mostly started loving binders because I found some really cool designed ones at Target and was trying to figure out what to do with them. But I realized as I started myself in this whole world of online learning 
And it started off with really learning how to cook, and then it moved into really learning how to have a business, and I've studied a lot about productivity. So I'm a big online learner, and I find as an online learner that there's always stuff to print out, whether it's recipes or planning sheets or workbooks, and organizing that into a binder is so helpful. Patricia talked about Thanksgiving as a favorite meal and how she uses a binder to keep notes that she can refer back to the next year. I actually love how much she loved Thanksgiving, you guys, because if you know, if you've been around a long time, you know that I actually don't love the traditional Thanksgiving, but she really made me want to even embrace it. So we'll see what this Thanksgiving brings. I've got some time. You can also use binders to store recipes that you want to keep. So if you're a big online searcher, then a binder is a really good place to hold those recipes. Um, if you are part of this community, you know that I am sending out worksheets and you could print those out and put them in a binder. And if you start to do this, then you can actually recycle weeks that worked well. If you're doing this by week, you could write down meal plans and you could keep them in a binder and just rinse and repeat them, you know, next month. It's, um, we don't remember that granularly. So we don't constantly need to be reinventing the wheel like we might think we do. So doable change number three is keep binders of food ideas. Those are three fabulous ideas. Remember, choose the one that resonates most with you right now. Work on it for the next couple days. Really figure out how you can fit it into your life. Maybe you have to go buy a binder. Maybe you need a stack of post-its to write down what's for dinner. Maybe you need to schedule some sort of reminder into your phone. But really focus on that one thing and figure out how to make it part of your life. All right, you guys. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.